Well, welcome. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. Back in the bunker. It's like we never left. Back I'm in the uh, bunker. Kate Bates is you, you you most importantly before anything else, you look warm. I do. <laughs> I am warm, Joel. Yeah. It is very good to be back in Queensland. I've been adventuring. Yeah. Yes. Luke and I went to Tasmania. Okay. Um, on a bit of an epic hike. Yep. So we did the overland track. Um, 70 kilometres, I shan't forget. Uh, for many reasons, my feet won't be forgetting it for at least a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, but I, I have in the studio here put a lovely photo up of Luke and I at the end. Look how much we're smiling. I know. And it, it, it speaks to my mm. assumption that there wasn't a single word of complaint the whole trip. <laughs> it was all just smooth and easy. On reflection, I think our smiles are so big because we'd finished. Yeah. And the 25 kilo packs we got to take off about four seconds after the photo was taken. Jeez, you rugged up. It was great. It was cold. It was yeah. minus 10 overnight. Sometimes they're yeah. dull. But I was prepared. Okay. Um, because, you know, I love my technical fabrics and I love my sports-specific stuff. Uh, so I took my Champ Systems uh, gloves. Oh, good. Yeah, for the nice. cold, which is good because a lot of the people were wearing uh, like merino liners plus kitchen <laughs> gloves over the top. Which Wasting is their time. Industrious, but these Champ Systems ones were a ripper. Yeah. Had my Oakley Sunnies on. I kind of felt like a... Multi-sport athlete. Yeah, yeah. A rogue cyclist on the on the hiking trail. <laughs> a cyclist in the wild, if you will. Uh, but yeah, ta- look, Tasmania was absolutely fantastic. And yeah. we went with Tassie hiking. And I'm, I've got a bit of Googling to do, Joel, because our guide, uh, a fellow by the name of Paulie. G'day, Paulie. G'day, Paulie. He's a mountain biker. And uh, he told us about this epic race, off-road race they do in Tasmania. Okay. Um, like self-supported. Yep. 2,000 kilometres or such. Um, so I'm going to have a bit of a deep dive and take a look at that because there's a lot of adventures to be had in Tassie. Feel free to sign me up for it, as you know. Yes. I'm a mountain biking enthusiast. Yes, uh, Tassie um, Tourism, if you're listening, we love you. Big shout out. Bring uh, us and, back. And look, uh, you look warm. <laughs> to be fair, not, not exactly renowned as a tropical uh, getaway, beautiful Tassie, but no. what a spot. It's I just... Know. Well, Luke, the Queenslander, did very well in the... Uh, <laughs> Frigid conditions. That's I, good. No, I can say that. Now, yes. you're speaking about Champ Kid. I have mm. spent the week productively as well. So when you first gave me the, the, the kit, you instructed me, you showed me once, once only, how to fold it. I did. I gave you a tutorial. Blink and you miss it tutorial. A, a Nick folding tutorial. Yep. Spent the whole time practicing that. Uh, how are you did, going? No, I can't do it. Oh. I want to give a shout out to, to my wife, Lee, who has, has shown me. How to do it quickly. She can do it. She just did it. She and just did can, it. She oh, just worked job. it out. And I just like, Luke wow. can do it. I mean, not to one-up you there. But. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually got taught that Nick folding technique yeah. from the wife of my former coach, Gary Sutton. Okay. So big shout out to Debbie Sutton, yeah. who pretty much taught the entire Australian team because Sutto used to be the uh, coach for the junior team before he was the senior team, yep. how to fold their Nicks adequately. She also had a very clever sock folding technique, so... Oh wow! Yeah, it's been passed literally generation to generation. Yeah, yeah, the the Yoda of folding. Yes. by the sound of yes. it, one stop oh, folding shop. Didn't take long for a Star Wars reference. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Now let's go to a galaxy far, far away, if you don't mind. Uh, over to over to France, if we if we can for the Track World Championships, because yes. they're very exciting, green and gold tinge to that event in. I'm going to give it a go. It's just just outside Paris. I could have just done that, but no, I'm all about the challenge because it's in Saint Quentin on Evelyn. I would say close. close. Maybe no cigar, but no. Okay, <laughs> no, right. it makes sense. No, it is. It's the velodrome they're going to use 
for the next Olympics, which are in Paris. Yep. They're not far away, less than two years. What a dress rehearsal. What a dress what rehearsal. What a dress rehearsal for the Aussies. Mm. Fueled uh, by baguettes <laughs> and cheese <laughs> and terrible coffee because the French are not known, no disrespect to the French, but they're not known for having the same coffee standards as wow. we are. Shots fired out of the wheelhouse no, bunker. I apologise, France. Good luck getting a French coffee sponsor <laughs> on this podcast now. Uh, are, so there, are, are there even French coffee brands? <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe not. How interesting. How interesting. Uh, Maddie Glazer. Now, my autocorrect wanted me to say Maddie Glazer. I'm sure mm. that's it's not. It's Maddie Glazer, Lee Hoffman, Matthew Richardson. I say... Statues all round. Mm. I say take that to the Dutch. <laughs> I say they've blunted the trident. And I also say it's the Aussie Gang Hook. That's their name from now on. Which I believe is a fishing hook or something. Yes. I didn't know that. Um, and also Tom Cornish uh, is there as well. So three ride in the final, but uh, because the four of them rode across the rounds, they all receive rainbow jerseys yep. and the gold medals. Huge. It's been a decade since we've seen the Aussie male sprinters. Uh, the team sprint in the rainbows. Yep. The last one, Maddie Glazer was there too. Maddie Glazer, sorry, Maddie Glazer. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Break, breaking a run of four for the Dutch as well. Yes, so that there's the trident you're referring to. You and a quadrant. Dutch, <laughs> yes, they no look. The the Dutch are absolutely on top of the sprint world and yep. have been for years. Very yep. hard to beat. Uh, the Aussies only beat them by point zero four three of a second. Not even a tenth. Not even half a Not tenth. even half. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. try picking that. You, you Literally, that's a photo finish right there. Wow. Thank you to the precision uh, Tissot timing going on over there. But yep. And what's most remarkable, so they were led off by Lee Hoffman. He did a great job. Maddie mm-hmm. Richardson uh, was second and they were in contention and doing a great job. But they were 0.3, three tenths behind with one lap to go. Yep. Maddie Glazer steps up. Our our glass man, Maddie Glazer. Yep. He puts three point three five, nearly half a second into the Dutch team to reel that back in and take the gold medal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yep. I'm pumped for the guys. Like what an incredible performance. And uh, Maddie Glazer also got engaged last week. He did. To Nikki Austin. So congratulations to them. Uh, and you know, maybe he's just high on life. The Glazers. The Glazers. Uh, what, a, what a prosperous future. <laughs> now, I think he had a bit of extra incentive as well. Now, harking back, if I may, just, just a little while to yes. the Com Games. Now, oh, yes. had a had a, a, a tricky old time of it um, with a, a, a disappointing relegation mm. and a crash. But on the relegation, when he had that bronze and then ended up getting punted, I do remember the commentary. And there was one commentator in particular who was, there's no other word for it, absolutely livid. With yes, that display. I remember that. Do you remember who the commentator was? That was, was? me. Yes. <laughs> in, in fact, I got in a near Barney, my first on-air Barney. Jeez, with, you hate a Barney. I do, with Scott McGrory. Uh, because Scott is very learned yep. and, you know, very experienced. But we just had quite opposite views on it. He's a real stickler to the word of the rule. Yep. I am a real stickler to the interpretation of the rule. Yep. And we were at real loggerheads. It's the first time in my professional media career, which is a decade old, I might add, to yep. give context, uh, where in the ear the producers, not just me, has told us both to perhaps 
move on. Simmer down, Bates. <laughs> yes. It Simmer became, down, McGrory. It became quite a thing. But, you know, I think it was it was contentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before we move on, I just want to give a massive shout out to the coach, Dr. Lynn Munro, uh, the first female coach to uh, coach a, a men's team, to lead a men's team to awesome. a gold medal at the World Championships. Epic, massive. She is an absolute legend. Uh, she did her thesis on sprint cycling, uh, supported by Cycling New Zealand, I believe, uh, nearly a decade ago. Wow. So this has been a very big, uh, long time coming for her yep. to achieve these results. She was the first at the Commonwealth Games to be the first female coach at a Commonwealth Games Now World Championship. Massive. She's she's incredible. I'm just quietly. This is my pitch. Hello, Lynn. If you could please call me on one eight hundred Kate. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if it goes to voicemail, try one eight hundred the wheelhouse. How did you get the number one eight hundred Kate sorted? That's an interesting. Oh well, you know, I did have a normal number, but then Optus. It was with Optus. Um, <clears> yes, <throat> which is of course, you know, our telephone network got hacked. You know what? To quote so. Kate Bates at the Commonwealth Games, speaking about Matthew Glatzer. I'm having none of it. I'm having none of it. I'm having none of it. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get Lynn on yeah. to talk us oh, through How it. extraordinary. She's though. remarkable. And we have a few yes. firsts coming up on the Wheelhouse podcast today. It's an exciting episode. Back in the bunker. Kate's warm. I'm present. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I, I Kate's just... happy you're just, you've turned up. We, oh, well look, done. There's so much happening. There's just so much, so much to cover today. There's gravel. There's passion. There's speed. We'll get onto that in a sec. Mm. Before anything else... We're all about being easily digestible. I think we mm. live up to that quite easily. We are also about being mostly factual. Now, as a media organisation, we do need to get in touch and own our mm. editorial decisions and our content and, and, and clarify when we get it wrong. We made an error this week regarding your mate, your dear mate, Mark Cavendish. I, I like to be accountable, Joel. This is the point where I say thank you for being so gracious, but I made this error because, in fairness, our Tasmanian trip, there was no phone reception for a week. Which is good. So when I jumped back on the interwebs, yeah. social media, I saw this. I saw Mark Cavendish yep. dressed in a fairly ninja-like, innocuous outfit with a B&B Hotels logo on it. Beautifully yes. done artwork, I might add. Announcing that he was going to B&B Hotels next year. Now, he had just... I hadn't even caught up on the result of the last race that he'd done with Quickstep. Yeah. But I knew that his season had wrapped and I thought, this is amazing. Yeah. So, I on-tweeted it, didn't I? Oh, a massive on-tweet. And, and I on-tweeted it and said, this is amazing. And I tagged us and said, finally, we can stop, you know, pontificating over where he's going. Put us out of our misery. Yeah. It didn't take long, doll. And the speculation. And for those listening yes. on, the, the image that, that was that mm. Kate refers to on Twitter is a very compelling one. The logo's there. He looks like an assassin, to be fair, he which does. is probably accurate. With, he actually looks like he's wearing mascara, too. He very long eyelashes. But like, we all know Cab's a, a pretty emotional guy. And I mm. thought the, the text that accompanied it was quite accompanied it accompanied it was quite gushy and cav like as well mm. everything about it smacked of truth the other thing is we were mm. i don't want to throw scott mcgrory under a bus here but scott was on this very program uh saying tell you what guys hot oil yes. on this cav bmb we say we're very upfront we say we're mostly factual scott mm. mcgrory is the expert He'll be disappointed by this <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes look i and it didn't take long it took 
approximately 10 seconds to be corrected. <laughs> uh, look, and apologies to all three so, of our followers who did uh, notice no. that one and get in on it. it because... Well, it became quite funny in the end because yeah. we weren't the only ones yeah. that were fooled by it. No, no, it was a so, great ruse. It was. It was a great ruse. But let's move on uh, from one very fast human to another. Mm. Now, uh, Philip Ogana, he's at the track worlds yes. now. I think he rode there because he can. He got there in like he five did. minutes. The, <laughs> the Italians <laughs> didn't win there. But he didn't care, did he? Did he, did he need to even I don't think turn so. up? Nothing because, to prove. <laughs> wow. Let's have a look at the, the or a chat about the hour record. We were talking about it. We were excited. Yes. There was drama leading up to it. The scheduling was, everyone was worried. He yes. wasn't. There was a kerfuffle around it all um, being scheduled on the same day as Lombardia. Yeah. And Lombardia were cranky. They said, this is our day for the spotlight. How very dare you. Ghana yeah. wanted nothing to do with it. 56.792 kilometres an hour. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Well, we were, we were talking in the lead-up. It's like, is he going to do it? <laughs> is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Not only did he do it, he did it with like a smile on his face. He absolutely smashed it. Dan yep. Bigham's 56.375 was left in the dust. Chris Boardman's now mm. illegal effort, this goes all the way back to 1996, was also smashed. No supermans, no superbikes required. Yep. What a phenomenal well, effort. And so that is the biggest thing about this effort is that Chris Boardman holds the raw record of the, f the furthest ever ridden in an hour on any bike yep. before they did start with their fun UCI rules changing, you know, disallowing Superman positions where yeah. they literally looked like Superman on the bike yeah. over the handlebars. It was, I don't even know how they rode like that, let alone for an hour, but very fast. So to break that is almost unfathomable. It, it's incredible. He also managed to break it on a bike that was 3D printed. So oh. there you go. That's another crazy thing. But I just love the passion of the Italians. You know, we're like... Talking about, it's almost gossip, will he do it, won't he? Terrible time trial at the World Championships. But they had so much faith in him. And yeah. he obviously had a lot of faith in himself. And geez, the the Italians, the passion, the reaction. Huge. It's beautiful. They yeah. they lifted him up in glory and victory. I thought they may drop him, Joel. I know. I had that <laughs> thought too. They, they literally, his teammates picked him up and tossed him in the air. Yeah. And uh, it's almost hard viewing because you're, you're thinking, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but no, look, I think massive, massive effort, massive piece of history in cycling and not just because of the record itself, which is mind blowing and phenomenal, yeah. uh, but also Dan Bigham was part of it. The, oh, of course. the incumbent he's the, uh, because he's the aerodynamicist yes, yes, at Ineos. Yes. But the bike, Joel. Oh. Oh. You, you always talk Grrr. about you always talk, you you always talk about Star Wars. This is uh this is very Star Trek. Oh. This is extremely and what I love about it is it's not a prototype. This is a 3D bike. First mm. ever 3D printed frame. So we've had other handlebars and things like that in the past. First ever frame, and it's you could buy one. You could buy one for me for yes. Christmas, just planning I a I could there. because I do have a spare um, 33,000 euros yeah. hanging around to buy yeah, yeah, you a yeah. Christmas gift. I know. And I know. That's I why I'm asking. And I that you wouldn't want anything more than this. That This I'm... is exactly what you'd want with <laughs> 33,000 euros. telling, yeah. <laughs> well, it is convention. I, it's definitely a rule in racing um, you know, track racing, Olympics, world championships, etc. cetera, yep. that the bike has to be commercially available. Yep. I'm not, I would have to do a deep dive into the tech regs actually, but I believe the hour record, it doesn't have to be commercially available. Okay. It has to fit inside 
the limitations, the rules on position, you know, et cetera, no superbikes, no superman positions. Sure. But it can be a prototype. But this isn't. Wow. But it, And it's also interesting because when you look into the bike, I think Ineos, this is like genius PR move from them and from Gunnar. Normally you type in anything about the hour record and you get stats on the hour record. But because of the bike, this has been covered so broadly across all media spectrums yeah. from tech categories to manufacturing to 3D printing. It's become a really interesting uh, topic. So I think Absolutely. that they've done a great move. And oh, Lombardia 100%. will be even crankier now than what they were when they asked him to move the date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but of course he couldn't move the date. He had track worlds to get to. Didn't get a gold there. Well, No, but you know what? It's the, the, you speak of that Italian, you know, the, the belief, the passion, mm. all of that. The unity is one thing we see. They're, 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 they're such... A strong bond. You saw it in yes. the celebrations when they nearly dropped him and cracked him like well, an egg. Well, and <laughs> the, um, the Italian women won the team's pursuit at the World Championships. Yep. First time ever that the women have won. The men yep. have before. And um, the celebrations there were pretty epic too. Uh, let me tell you, there was a lot of embracing and um, bottom patting and back pat. It was beautiful. Yeah. They're very passionate about it. It's awesome. Congratulations to him. Mm. Uh, so, so much speed. Now... That's that really puts you into the history books. That's legend status. Mm. It really is. Moving along yeah. now. <laughs> moving <laughs> along. A gentle reminder. A very gentle reminder on the Wheelhouse Podcast. Uh, my name's Joel Spreadbro, Kate Bates. I want to tell you, your mate Pog. I um, love that they're all my mates. By the way, you've increased yeah. my social circle. Like well, you and Pog are like the king of Slovenia yeah. conquered Lombardia. He did. Just a gentle reminder from him. It's like, look, I didn't. Didn't didn't take the rainbow like didn't didn't do this didn't do that didn't win the tour. Having said that, I'm still an absolute weapon, and I'm going to prove it with a decisive victory mm. in the final monument uh, yeah. effort of the year. And what a back to backer, yeah, because he won it last year too. Yeah. Beat Enrique Mass in a sprint, as you do. It was uh, actually the final race for Valverde and uh, Vincenzo Nibali, yeah. so that was that was a little bit controversial, but. Um, We'll talk about that in a second because um, I didn't warn you that we were going to talk about that. Sorry. No, that's Heads all right. I... Uh, but what is remarkable about this victory, and thank you to uh, Dan at GCN for doing a little bit of the stats deep dive on this, but he won more UCI World Tour races in 2022 than Movistar, Lotto, EF, AG2R, Astana, and Kofidis combined. Wow. <laughs> There are 18 teams in the World Tour. One, two, three, And he won more races on his own, not his team, on his own, than a third of the World Tour. Not bad. Extraordinary. Is he still the king? We've been talking a lot oh. this year. Remco obviously had an, has had an Jeez. extraordinary year. Can I just say 2023, those two? Oh, yes. Oh, and Jonas, because Jonas, uh, he didn't make it to that final little group in Lombardia, but he was back and uh, racing exceptionally well. I think that the crown's getting passed around a little. It is a little I bit. I do eh? hope that they sanitise it uh, as they do. But it, no, it, it's pretty cool, actually. Your cousin, 16th, yes. I believe. Oh, um, that'll do. That's fine. That's, yeah. that's okay. That's mm. fine. Um, Pog <laughs> has also spoken about hitting the gravel next year as well. Can you, like, uh, when we're talking about mm. talents these days, the more diverse they are, 
Like, is this when you're, you know, was this as much a thing in your day? I say that with all respect. I say in your day. It wasn't that long thank ago. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. But you know what I mean? Like the, mm. the, these these multi-talented bike riders that can just carve up multiple services, multiple bikes. Mm. Is this is this always been the way? Well, we need to remember there's more disciplines now than there ever was. So, yeah. you know, for eons, people have been riding different types of bikes, not necessarily having the opportunity to race on them. Yep. And also how the calendar works. I, in fact, uh, have a beautiful gravel bike in the garage at home. <laughs> Joel, a uh, specialised Diverge. It was a, my birthday bike present to myself. Nice. Uh, probably the first bike I've paid for in decades, <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, but it is the most beautiful bike and it's so lovely to ride. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of high pressure in things like Lombardier and the Tour de France. And sure. you got to have fun too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Well, look, well done, Pog. We love mm. you. We haven't forgotten about you. Cousin, it's just that we're family. Cousin Jonas, is. We're, 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 we, we need to get behind him. We will find a familial link Remco to Pog. is a self-confessed <laughs> fan of the wheelhouse, so it's hard for us to juggle and to, know to know who we favour. We love yes. them all, Hi, though. Remco. I hope you're doing well. <laughs> Lovely suit you wore winning the Belgian Cyclist of the Year oh, yeah, award the other sharp. night, by the way. Very sharp. Very sharp. Now... Let's press along to Italy. I was excited about mm. the historic uh, yes. nature of the event and the course itself. The Gravel Worlds played out uh, with uh, Gianna Vermiche in the rainbow. Uh, Daniel Ossek, and more importantly, your very dear mate, Vanderpool, back in the, in the headlines for good reasons, <laughs> coming in third. Yes. And he, well, he went in and he said, oh, I'm not feeling very good. That's like his tagline for... Watch out! I'm going to rip I'm your legs off. Smash this! Yeah. <laughs> yes, but it, I mean, I'm it was going to rip your legs off. Yeah, pretty much. It Vamish <laughs> won, and he won solo, like brilliant. Um, yeah. The bikes are beautiful. I think I have a bit of a love affair with gravel bikes. Okay. Like they're just divine. Uh, Vanderpool, we knew he was going to be good because he comes from cyclocross. He was fit for road worlds. Obviously, that kind of went tits up and didn't work. Uh, but he was back and this is like a nice in-between gravel. But they did get a little bit criticised, Joel, the UCI, yeah. because it was a bit of a crap course. And what ended up transpiring is nine out of the top ten were world tour road riders. Yeah. So, mm, and the gravel specialists uh, struggled a bit because the course was set out like it was almost a stage of the Tour de France okay. with a little bit of off-road. There weren't a lot of hills there were just long, flat, non-technical, I mean, they were on gravel, but yeah. not technical sections. So I hope the UCI kind of uh, thinks a little bit more. Takes note. Yeah, about yep. the, the course design um, to see if we can even that out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, good to see Vanderpool is is back and hasn't let the, um, you know, the incident. Oh, I heard he slept like a baby of, the night yes. before that one as well, which is good. Uh, now... Maybe not what we expect or want. Hopefully they do take note, as you say. In the mm. women's, we got uh, Pauline ferren Provo out sprinting mm. Sona Frey. We did. You have an honourable mention in there for a 34-year-old Australian yes. legend. Tiff Cromwell. Yeah. She got sixth. Yeah. Excellent ride from her. She's been doing a bit of gravel. No bad. Um, she's great at it. Love in it. fact, if they had have had gravel 15 years ago when she started her pro career, nay, 18 years ago. Look out. Uh, she, this is her jam. But... Okay. Um, yeah, an interesting one, I think, because Pauline is a mountain biker uh, and so she's done a bit of road but very predominantly mountain bike. And so we are seeing the specialists from the other disciplines merge in the middle mm -hmm. uh, here. 
and uh, and so she did a brilliant job. But there's a bit of news on her front too, Joel. She announced afterwards that she has signed with Ineos. Yeah, wow. Which is a big one because I often, anybody who's heard me kind of talk about it, I've got my cranky pants on with Ineos because they've got so much money and budget and no interest in having a women's road team, which gives me the cranks, I've got to tell you. So this is an interesting move to sign their first female. Yes. But it's to their off-road team, which is far more scattered than their road team. It's not the same structure. It's more or less kind of sponsoring individual athletes okay. on so their journey. It needs to be more. You're saying it's a – yeah, good start, yeah, it guys, does, but yeah. hello. Yeah. Let's, let's – But, I mean, she's, she won Mountain Bike Worlds a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, so now adds gravel to that with her rainbows, and she was the first woman to win four cross-country titles. So she's a bit of a yeah. legend. So it's a good one uh, to pick up on, I reckon, good. And uh, while we're on the subject of the Women's World Tour um, with – well, hopefully Ineos will have a women's world to a team one day, not yet. Yeah. If you're listening, fellas, come on, chop, yeah. chop. Uh, is I just want to touch on the Women's Tour of Romandie uh, because Ashley Mormon-Passio mm-hmm. became the first ever African woman to win a world tour race. Incredible. And, yeah. And beat Annemiek van Vloten on the way. Blunted the trident. Smashed her. Attacked with 2.5k to go on the queen stage up the climb. She won it. It finished at just over 2,000 uh, metres to get a bit of understanding how big the climb was. As you do. Yes. And yeah. she's just a legend. She's so well-respected, such a lovely athlete. She was eSports world champion in the inaugural year. And actually, the attack on Zwift when she did that was pretty similar to the attack she launched on Van Vloten yeah. uh, to win that title. So I, I'm very impressed. She won the stage and then she won the race overall. And she's had about 40 five wins in her career, Uh, but these are her first two world tour victories. Very, very special. Very, very very special special. and And always good to blunt the trident. (laughs) And we talk a lot about, you know, the development of cycling in Africa. Yes, of course. Gourmet and what he's done for Eritrea. Um, Even Chris Froome and Daryl Impey were big firsts uh, for the continent. Yep. And now to have that in the women is incredible. Beautiful trailblazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, uh, and, you know, while we're talk- we were talking about trying to get Lynn Munro on here, we uh, will be talking soon to Doug Ryder, mm-hmm. who's the team principal at Team Quebecer, uh, and he is largely responsible for a lot of this development of African cycling. Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll talk to him uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Super interesting. And uh, they do things a little bit different around Talent ID. There's a lot more data involved because they don't have the access to um, all the equipment in the same way, but... Yeah, I'm just pumped by that. Like, Ashley, hello, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. She's wonderful and uh, just the most incredible role model. And and also a, a victim of autocorrect too. Um, <laughs> yes. Ashley, Norman, passion. Mine, mine yes. was passion. Yeah. Passion, yes. So there you go. Thanks, oh, actually, thanks we could have a little bit of fun with what autocorrect does with some of these think names and pronunciations. Hours of laughs. Yes, hours of from laughs. a glazer to a passion. I can't wait to have Doug Ryder on, though. He, aside from everything he has done for the sport in Africa, the, the riders, some of the stories he has oh, to tell yeah. from getting things off the ground and, and, and bringing that culture into cycling are extraordinary. It and is, And we, we'll yeah. probably spend three quarters of the chat with him Asking him to tell anecdotes and then be like, oh, by the way, let's go, let's cover a few important <laughs> yes. things. Well, because they've just partnered with Click, which yeah. is 
um, for the data side. So we're going to see the most incredible things come out of that team next year. Definitely. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll cover that when we cover that. Hey? On the Wheelhouse Podcast, uh, my name's Joel Spradbury, Kate Bates. Now we're talking about, uh, we have touched on colours today, mm. uh, certain jerseys, uh, the, the Italian colours, rainbows as well. I have noticed the readmission of a certain <gasps> strip in our bunker. Yes. Side-eyeing now to another Parramatta jersey. Yes. I, when I arrived home uh, from Tassie trip, yeah. um, we had a lovely little parcel on the doorstep. Massive shout out uh, to the guys at Parramatta Cycling Club who sent me a new jersey. Mm-hmm. They noticed that the one on the... Uh, on the set was a little bit dated, okay. and so they sent me a new one, which just is wonderful uh, because my football team, the Parramatta Eels, got annihilated in the grand final, Joel, and uh, I don't think that their jerseys are really going for much at the moment. So, yeah. So for those listening that aren't familiar with Australian sporting culture, we have mm. three codes of football, uh, the three sort of gridiony sort of codes. Mm. This is one of those codes. It's the most hardcore one. It's hardcore and tough. And Kate's team yes. made the Super Bowl, which is the, we call it the grand final. It's the Super Bowl of the sport. And it was the, they were looking for the first one in 30 years and they didn't get it. There was so, nothing super about the way they approached <laughs> it. But I, I had a bit of a laugh when I got the jersey job and I laid it out on our set here. Yeah. Um, because there's a number of sponsors on there. But the first one I noticed was Velocipede. Um, <laughs> what a that. great name for a Isn't bike it? shop in yeah, Parramatta. Uh, and the other one amongst them that caught my eye, uh, in particular uh, here, it's Mongrel Joe's. Um, so Mongrel Joe's let's, let's show, coffee. Show me okay. Look at that. Look at the moustache on Mongrel yeah, Joe's. Yeah, Mongrel Joe's. I don't know if I've ever had a Mongrel Joe's coffee, but I kind of want one. I want one now. Oh, and do you order it like that? Give me a... Give me a mongrel Let's Joe's. Have a look at this Parramatta strip. So, so there you go. Not to be mistaken yeah. with the Eels jersey that we referred to earlier, yes. the football jersey. They're now in the bargain bin alongside my <laughs> team's jersey. And I've um, and I've just noticed holding it up, Joel, that they one of their sponsors is Fields Glass and Glazing. Oh, Maddie's involved so, too. Who knew Maddie Glazer was involved? So Shattering <laughs> expectations on that a daily is, basis. And cycling is very well known for having sponsors mm-hmm. that you have no idea what they do. Yeah. Like, you know, we we will often, it'll be like carpet court. Come on, that's pretty self-explanatory. Sure, sure. Not cycling. No, no. We go for, you know, quick step alpha vinyl. Now, yeah. I know what that is because I've been in cycling for so long, but I dare say a lot of people would get a little bit confuzzled with what all these brands are that yep. sponsor cycling teams. Yep. So Except for B&B Hotels, we know what they are. They are the team that doesn't have cab. Indeed. Uh, uh, in contrary to what we <laughs> said. Now, this is the Wheelhouse <laughs> podcast. Now, I, you know I love talking about different disciplines and different forms disciplines, of, of cycling. Yes. Now, I want to go, because you've just come back from Tasmania, a bit chilly, as you mm. said. Let's talk about snow bikes. <gasps> yes. Now, I, I can tell you, as you'd probably already know, that on the 5th of February 2019, the intention to mm. run out some elite snow biking was revealed. Yes. They've gone cold on the idea. They're not ready <laughs> yet, but they want World Cup, World Indeed. Championships. Where's they do. They do. They were supposed to, at the management meeting for the UCI in June, announce their progress. Um, alas, that hasn't happened. So I think it's still on the burner, but it's coming. But the idea is... It's mountain bikes on the snow because we saw cyclocross in the snow last year, but it's not that. It's mountain bikes on the Super G, existing yeah. Super G ski <laughs> so runs. So proper descent. Or, yeah, okay. Um, 
I haven't yet seen it, just pictures and descriptions. It'll be epic, but I do know uh, from some conversations in Wollongong at the World Championships that they're dead keen on making this a thing and a big uh-huh. thing uh, and certainly their biggest pitch toward uh, a Winter Olympic representation. Wow. So there you go. Snow bikes. That is – And I, I might I, add that you would imagine snow bikes, you're thinking like big wide tyres and they're, they're – No. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah, mount, they're, they're just normal mountain bikes. bikes. Yeah. I just – I'm oh. so curious about that because is the snow – Manicured to the extent where there's not big chunks well, of ice. It's and that manicured. And slip it's on. manicured like a super, like it's a ski the run. Existing ski run. That's that's the pitch. Woo! No infrastructure needed. No special courses. Wow. Just try not to hit a skier on the way down. Oh, there's an event. Imagine if you ran them concurrently. Human dodging. Like you bike, know a ski team relay. Oh, a yeah, skier. Okay. Oh. And uh, anyway, I now think we're getting it. a bit too excited now because I'm getting excited because it's cyclocross season. And so that always gets my imagination. <laughs> I love that you love you love yes, your, I you do love, love, it. love it. it. You love it. It's kicking off in Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. Where are we at? What sort of big names are heading to the cyclocross uh, World Cup? Well, we've had Waterloo and Fayetteville so far. So the UCI World Series World Cup starts in um in America and uh Iowa is next, slated for them. But all of the big names, uh, all of the Dutch riders, Mariana Voss is coming back. We've got um, certainly Wout Van Aert has talked about doing some as well. Um, Stybar from okay. Quick Step is also going back uh, and doing it. And then you've got all the big cyclocross names. But it's a real hub for development. Um, Celine Alvarado is my favourite cyclocross rider. She's a Dutch rider. Uh, who has won before, but he's always there or thereabouts. So big shout out to Celine. Yeah, uh, I'd love to get her to listen to the podcast. You so now that I've do. given her a shout out, oh, we can send her a trident, a Dutch and trident. Just say, Would you like I, to be involved? Cause I still, after this many episodes, Joel, don't understand the reference to the Dutch trident, but That's I all love. Right. Um, for people listening along and not watching, Joel has actually got a trident in here. I believe that it was Merksy. Uh, he's he's pulled his trident out. That is not a euphemism oh. for anything. Merksy actually <laughs> got him a trident to have uh, on set. Yeah. Merksy yeah. just comes up with the goods. Uh, I won't explain the Dutch trident to you because I enjoy having one thing that you don't know about. <laughs> I'm going to maintain that. Uh, today we yes. also have the Aussie gang hook. Now, I want to Which stay in Australia. I need to Google that. Sounds insane. Fishing hook, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like oh. a multiple hook hook. So it's a very, very a multiple big, big hook game hook. hook. Multiple hook hook. Mm. Yeah, an MHH. No, mm. that's not an official term. Now, <laughs> we're, let's go back to Australia because I, I spent a bit of time in Cairns as a young sport reporter yes. I, I love Cairns so much now this story that I'm embarking on here has a, another tangent to it I also enjoy the odd video game and I was playing one not that long ago that was basically this epic downhill mountain bike sort of game right mm. where you you thrash down these big dirt hills you go up these massive big log jumps you'd literally jump over trees in the forest you it's it's crazy the sort of thing that could only possibly exist in the fantasy of a video game Neck minute, uh, I learn, <laughs> not the case, it is actually a thing. It's it actually is. a thing. It's called Crankworks. Mm. It's coming to Australia. It is ridiculous, dangerous, exhilarating, all of it. How, co- how cool yeah. is this up in the tropical north? Yeah, so they've had their first uh, event up there recently. 
in in September, Crankworks came. They will be coming back. It is like a cult kind of thing. It's the mm. best festival of, you're right, uh, these crazy mountain biking. Yeah. Uh, but it's near the Barrier Reef. The uplift in tourism, they reckon um, they made over $20 million just from having the event in town. Yeah. Uh, it's done amazing things for the bike infrastructure around there, for yeah. the bike tourism, yeah. cyclotourism as they call it. And, uh, yeah, just massive for the region. They've got about a dozen special cycling events just in Cairns alone. Okay. And it's become a real mecca and, and a lot of tourists come. A lot of my cycling friends within Australia flew from wherever they were to Cairns well, to be a part of it. Uh, and then they go on to the reef and they have a wonderful holiday. And yes. I mean, Cairns I, is like, for, for those who haven't experienced it, it's in the far north of the country of the state of Queensland. It's such a tourist mecca because mm. of the Great Barrier Reef. It's also got the Daintree Rainforest. Uh, it also has a steakhouse. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. It, it, it also has cassowaries. It has cassowaries, which are very aggressive but good-looking birds. Yes. This, this, the place I'm talking about, you can actually get up and dance on the tables and, and carry on and, and with, it, with respect, respectfully I carry on. I feel as though you may have seen a photo or two in, uh, in Luke's photo album. No, we probably danced together For there dancing one night on the table. I've, I've no, it's, I was there a couple of years ago because the Tour de Cure finished in Cairns. Sure. And uh, Luke Merksey, uh, he shot the documentary. And uh, the Tour de Cure is this long stage ride yeah. uh, to raise awareness and funds for cancer research. Very powerful organisation in Australia in terms of uh, raising that money. And um, Luke shot the documentary, might add. It's Oscar worthy. He did a beautiful job. Of course it is. Course it is. And uh, I'm glad he didn't get eaten by a crocodile because they're, some also, of, they're there as well. Yeah, yeah. Some of the shots he got, he literally climbed into creeks oh, and stop stuff. That. So I'm glad he's got all his limbs. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went up there to, uh, to welcome the tour to cure in, and uh, we may have ended up dancing on tables. In fact, from memory, I'm not sure if Luke also danced on the table, but I certainly did. It was fun. Oh, it's brilliant up there. Fun up in But as I say, deadly creatures everywhere you look. There's also Irukandji uh, box jellyfish, which will just kill you as quick as looking at you. We need to explain the cassowary a bit. It's a a bird that I think it's related to a dinosaur, actually. Like it's kind of ancient. Is that the word I'm looking for? Ancient bird. They're terrifying. Oh, they're There's signs. They, They could... Kill you. Super aggressive. Super aggressive. Super aggressive. But, yeah. no, but, but visit Cairns, <laughs> oh, no. honestly. Well, I mean, people come to Australia thinking it's the snakes and spiders. Yeah. In Wollongong, it was the magpies. Yes. In Crank's work, it's the cassowary. It's the birds. Yeah. Like They all start with C, too. Yes. In Cairns, it's the crocodiles and the cassowaries. Oh, yes. And in, yeah. uh, in Tasmania, we were warned about a bird as well that could literally undo the zips of your packs oh. to take your food. Oh. So it is very much... The birds. Jeez, what a test of I character. I know. Anyway, welcome to Australia, yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> come on. Come and visit. But honestly, beautiful yes. setting for it. It is. It's a beautiful tropical region. I, I just, I, honestly, I want to be there. Don't necessarily want to compete. Well, but, if we ooh. got the wheelhouse to Wollongong, I say next year, let's get the wheelhouse to Crankworks. Shout out, Crankworks. Yes. Love your work. Love your Crankworks. Yes. Um, how exciting. <laughs> now, if if this, this has been a lot of fun, it's always good to come back to the bunker I just wanted to finish on something, if that's okay, mm. because I think winning a tour 
and I'm speaking from absolutely no experience here, <laughs> is, is just an uncommonly esteemed achievement. Like it's something that you can't compare. Yes. There's not many feats that you can compare to prevailing after that three weeks, basically. Yes, yes. Turns out there is. Okay, turns out there is a feat that you can compare to the, the physical and mental rigour of winning a Tour de France. Okay, do you know what <laughs> Now that is? I know what you're talking about. Yes, there was a gentleman who, from Minnesota, uh-huh. he grew the world's largest, no, no, the US record for the largest pumpkin, 2,560 pounds, no less. And uh, John, That's a lot of pumpkin. It's a lot of yeah. pumpkin. Uh, perfect timing for um, Halloween, might I add. Yeah. And when he was interviewed after his win... Uh, he said that growing a pumpkin this size in Minnesota was unheard of, yeah. incredible. And he likened it to, yes, winning the Tour de France. So there you go. Obviously a cycling fan. But what he might part be of a growing listener. a pumpkin com- Hello, compares man. to climbing the Pyrenees? Well, he said that it was like winning the Tour de France on a big wheeled bike. Not like really a penny sure farthing or something. <laughs> yeah, like. perhaps. I don't sure, know. No, that I'd pay that. Broad reference. Um, but... He clearly sees it as, you know, a, a very epic, world-class, defining wow. kind of feat. I'd love to introduce mm. him to Pog and, and Jonas and that. And just ha- ha- Here's a hall of champions, guys. Just have a chat. All these legends of pumpkin yes. growing. And well, I don't know if he has a similar physique to the athletes because sure. the only photo that I saw of him and his pumpkin – um, he was obscured by the giant pumpkin. Well, it is. Look, for the, it, so check like it out on our arms, socials. It's, it is ridiculous. head and arms coming out the top of a pumpkin, essentially. <laughs> so I don't know if he's a 50-kilo climber. Some you know. very, very odd crossbreeding going on there, um, <laughs> yes. the pumpkin slash human. But, yeah, as you say, just yes. in time for Halloween, I, I do want to point out that it's about 1,200, 1,300 kilos. So Solid. Solid pumpkin. So again, across the Pyrenees and whatnot. Sure, sure. Compare it to the Tour Don't de France. think you could fit it in your back pocket. I did some more digging. We all uh, are all about being mostly factual here. Um, Heavily researched, yes. There is, on the 29th of October, an event known as the Tour de Pumpkin. Ooh. Okay, Now, that takes you to downtown Russellville in Arkansas. Arkansas, and it is all about. (laughs) I I don't know what whether they ride with pumpkin heads on, but that's what the artwork looks like. Is it really? Yeah, that's it's a real thing. The tour de pumpkin. They they promote it all during the year. Everyone's coming. Everyone's getting together. Got a couple of special guests. But are we talking about plush pumpkin costumes on their head as they ride, or are we talking about like a carved out Halloween jack o' lantern on their head? I'd say it'd be more the Halloween one because it lines up with. That's cool. The date, the Halloween, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know though. I, it could just be because they ride through beautiful fields of pumpkin. I, I don't know, but there is a tour to pumpkin. Well, Pumpkins <laughs> are yeah. taking off. I want to know if we can use some of that twelve hundred kilo pumpkin in feed bags because oh. what, what's I don't want it to go to waste. Like if you cut yeah. it up, you could put it, use it at the tour to pumpkin. Very sustainable. In feed bags. Well, look, I I just like Joel that we started the show talking about the world championships and we're finishing the show talking about the tour to pumpkin. Yeah. Beautiful bookends. Um, we we to... slice through every pumpkin. We, we cover every inch of pumpkin here. And I, I look, congratulations to the Tour de France winning pumpkin grower. Pumpkin um, grower, And yes. all the other champions that have been mentioned on, on this edition of the Wheelhouse podcast. Indeed. It's been a lot of fun in the bunker. <laughs> it, has. it has been a lot it's of fun. It's good to be back. It's good to be warm yeah. um, from my Tassie adventures. Yes. And uh, Luke is also very grateful that it's not minus 10 in the house like it was in the tent. Well, good on you guys for but trekking it through was, it. Yes. What it was a, an what incredible an journey. Yes. Yep.
Good to have you back safe and sound. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. My name's Joel Spreadborough. Kate Bates is warm and full of facts. We'll be back to do it all again before you know it. See you then. The Wheelhouse is produced by River City Studios for Listener. Executive produced by Luke Mears and the mysterious Merksy. It's written and hosted by Kate Bates and me, Joel Spreadborough.